Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Police Off the Cuff. Uh, no, this is not that show. This show is welcome to another episode of The Week in Crime and Policing with Mayo and Meso. Uh, obviously, I'm here by myself. Angel is on a romantic vacay, and uh, he's living his best life. So uh, shout outs to him. And um, I have a guest host, Bill Ryan. But once again, we're going through some tef- uh, technical difficulties. So rather than wait, uh, I'll, I'll pick him up as soon as he comes into the chat. I mean, it comes into the the screen here. I'll, I'll, I'll bring him in. But it's something about this freaking AOL accounts, man. Billy Bingo had the same account, an AOL account. That's a I need to get younger guests, folks. <laughs> Somebody with like a Google account or a, at least a Yahoo account. <laughs> Yeah, so Angel, oh, wait a minute. Is the camera on? You got to get your camera on, Bill. I think he might be coming in. Ah, you see, his freaking device still not connected. So he's still got to figure that out. So uh, once again, uh, shout out to Angel on his vacation. And um, I also want to say that uh, Bill's procedure, Bill had a procedure. He's got a something going on around with his heartbeat and stuff, the arrhythmia there. And he had a procedure that was successful today. I wish him a, a speedy recovery. If you don't know who I'm talking about, I'm talking about Bill Cannon. Uh, he is, he is also um, has his own shows on our, on our uh, platform here. Very, very popular shows. He's a longtime friend of mine. We started together in this podcast business. So uh, I'm happy to hear that he is doing well. And, um, yeah, that was a scary moment there. So let's say hello to the people in the comments and hope that Bill comes on sometime soon. <laughs> Little Mermaid uh, Louisa was the first one to join us, and she says, Hi, Mark and Bill, Bill Ryan, uh, and the uh, Police Off the Cuff chat family. Ruth Ann Griffin, she says, Hello, and Angel. And like you heard, Angel's not here tonight. He's on a vacay. Let me tell you something about this. Um, I didn't even figure this out yet, but you see the screen that I have usually in the background, the American flag there in Times Square, it comes up when I have another guest. It doesn't come up when I'm by myself. So about 10 seconds, well, it was really 30 seconds before I was supposed to go live. I noticed all the freaking, <laughs> uh, can you see me doing the cursor here? All the, all the, clothes that i had stockpiled there so i had to throw them off the onto the couch and even now it still looks like a disaster by background anyway i'm coming to you live from the bronx new york folks in a basement apartment i am living my best life so where were we on introducing the people that have joined us tonight i said ruth ann griffin uh, Anne marie uh she sends her regards hello and bill and to the pot uh c chat scott wagner Kind enough to join us tonight. What's up, buddy? Uh, Ruth Ann Griffin. Hello, Ruth Ann. Judy Davis. Good afternoon, chat. Where are you, Judy, that you're saying good afternoon? Because it's 6 p.m. over here. I don't know about you, but uh, who knows? Maybe you're probably somewhere else. But I, I, Peter Pranzo. Hey, Mark. Billy. Uh, street Crime Unit. Best. All good. To uh, the police off the cut of uh, chat friends, Ruth Ann Griffin. Once again, we, we, we got to get to some other people here. Yo, main girl. 
How you man, girl? Hey, 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 she says. Jenny Lynn, hi. Patty L. Uh, hi, Mark. Hi, Chad. I just wanted to also say um, thank you to Mary Goldstein for uh, joining our Patreon. I'll post that up at, at um, the banner for that shortly. A lot of people have been joining the Patreon, and I haven't I, um, had a chance to get back to you. That's because I don't, for some reason I, I lost uh, – I don't have the password to it anymore, and I got to get it from Bill. So I can't even get into my own Patreon. I know how stupid that sounds, but it's a fact. Jenny Lynn. Hello, Jenny Lynn. Uh, Judy Davis, did I say hello to you? JoJo. There goes Mary Goldstein. She says, what up, DJ Marky Mark? Nice headwear. Hello, <laughs> Uncle D. Nice Jersey girl. Hi, all, she says. Ah, Raquel Pranzo has joined us as well. Hello, Mark and Billy. Uh, Squirrel Sandwich. Hello, everyone. This is great. I love doing this. Where are we? Did we say hello? Bammer Girl. Hi, Bammer Girl. Uh, Mystique. That's a new one. Hi, Mystique. Donna Lehman. Moved to Vegas, and you can own a home more exclusive than a Bronx basement. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I know all about it. I'm thinking about a move somewhere. My best friend, uh, Tommy White, he's the head of the concrete union there. So I could do very well in Vegas. I could have done very well in Vegas for over, you know, he's been there forever. It's a funny story, man. A lot of freaking people came out of Astoria, by the way. That's where I grew up in Astoria, Queens. And Tommy White is one of them. Tommy White uh, was a kid who, you know, uh, was getting caught up in the neighborhood hijinks. And his parents had family in Vegas. So they got him out of Astoria. And they sent him to Vegas. And once you know it, he got a menial job working as a, a, a concrete worker over there. And uh, because he had a big mouth, he was from New York, he he, uh, he talked his way into getting um, in a union position. And then he rose all the way to the head of the concrete union. He built Raider Stadium. So shout out to Tommy White, even though you'll probably never hear this. Anyway, Jenny Lynn. Hi, Jenny Lynn. The uh, police off the cuff leggings waiting on them patiently. Oh, wow. That's such a brilliant idea. I got to I got to ask Bill about that. That is a good idea. Every once in a while, by the way, I see Bill Ryan pop up. On uh, on my thing here, but he still can't freaking work the camera out. I have no idea what the problem is. It happened with Billy too, but Billy figured it out. Um, Bill, maybe you want to try a different computer or try it on your phone. Uh, these freaking AOL accounts, man. There's something lagging there. Natasha Clayton, I know you're on another case, but uh, the case in Missouri. <laughs> yeah, she's talking to Bill right now. Uh, she's not even watching the screen. Anyway, so. As most of you know, I'm a diehard Mets fan, and uh, we lost last night really, really bad. And it was so bad that I had a I, I went to bed at the top of the ninth inning. I'm not proud of it, uh, but I did. All right, look, there he goes, freaking Billy Ryan. We'll get back to talking about the, uh, the Mets in a second. Let me get Bill here in here. How are you, my brother? What's up, Bill? Finally. I was about to call bingo and say, bro, what'd you do? <laughs> okay, everybody in the chat. I, I went through saying hello to everybody in the chat. Um, but let's introduce Bill Ryan. What's up? He's a frequent guest here. He's a retired NYPD first grade detective. Um, he's also a, a frequent Fox News contributor. Hello, Bill Ryan, private investigator. I'm so sorry, everybody, about uh, getting on here late. But anyone who knows me knows I'm late for everything. So. 
was also the last guy in the room, called the last guy in everything. So you know, it's funny that you say that. Is that I'm always the first person there. I'm very punctual. I'm punctual to a fault. Time kills me. Like all I do is think about time, and and I worry about getting there. And uh, it's so funny that you mentioned that. I, you must have a lower heartbeat than me. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. I saw a thing with Steve Harvey. We we're talking about people that are late. You know, they live forever because they don't stress about anything. It's like, uh-huh. sorry, sorry. You know but what? Yeah. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that. I read an article uh, recently that said people that don't stress over anything also don't worry about their health. So they're most like more likely to die um, because they never caught something that was their body was telling them, hey, you should go check this out. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm not that bad, but, uh, you know, it's also because I'm married. And my wife keeps on top of me, but uh yeah, yeah, you know, I'm I'm like it's a sickness with me this punctuality. Like I'm never ever late. You know, and if I'm late, um, it, it, it's so freaking rare. Like I I'm always judging time, how long it's going to take me to get there. Um you know, like I headline most of these TV, uh, these uh, comedy shows that I do. There's no reason why I have to be there a half hour before the show starts. You know how it's fine. What do you do? look at him? What the hell are you doing? It's fine. Well, now I can't hear you. Listen to me. Don't move. Go back to where you were. Talk to me. <laughs> Say better. something. All better. All right. There you go. Don't move. Don't touch. Don't now. Now I can't hear you. You got to go back. Sit back. Try talking. Count to ten. One, two, three. One, two, three. All right. Yeah. Sometimes it sounds like you're out uh, underwater. Try not to move. Can you do that? <laughs> you're still moving. Talk to me. I want to hear. We got to find the, where you are right. Um, well, I hope I'm right now. Right there, that's perfect. That's per- okay. Don't move from there for the next 50, uh, 59, 58 minutes and 15 seconds. Don't move from there, okay? I'll try not to. <laughs> All right. So, um, so Bill, you're a private investigator. And um, is there anything that you're working on? What do you do? Do you do a lot of... Uh, like uh, cheating stuff? You know, I, I get tons of calls for it all the time, but you know, here's the problem with doing the cheating cases. You know, first off, you you never make your client happy because if you, you get somebody calls you up and says, Hey, I think my spouse is cheating. You follow them around and they're not cheating. They don't think that they're not cheating. They just think you didn't catch them. You know? And Uh if you catch them, you know, they, they, they get upset with, uh, the results and, and you know it is too now in the city you know it's harder than ever to do this because um you know, it's expensive now with with red light cameras everywhere and now in the city you know you can't go over 25 miles an hour anywhere you get hit with all these tickets you know you tr- try following somebody at some kind of a distance and, and not go over 25 miles an hour or not mm-hmm. have to take the occasional close light you know i mean it's uh it, it just becomes less and less, you know, financially viable to do it. Um, I won't say I won't do it, but you know, it, it's funny. Uh, I was talking about this about a month ago, where I almost have to now rewrite my contract, my service agreement, to include things like, you know, the client having to pay for things like, you know, speeding tickets. And you know, when you say speeding tickets, I mean, uh-huh. you know, you know, I, I live in the Bronx. I mean, there's tons of cameras here. I mean, I, I. I I can't even tell you how many tickets I get a month. Just, you know, 
I think I'm going to in- include that in my comedy contracts. Yeah. My, my. <laughs> go with it, man. Go with it. You I know, was going to be late, except I, I, I had speed. Um, when you were on the job, you worked in a unit that used to uh, investigate uh, counterfeit fraud, counterfeit clothing fraud, right? Didn't you no, actually, I, I never did that at all. What happened was um, my last 13 years, I was in the arson explosion squad. So I investigated bombings and fires. And what happened was when I retired and I became a private investigator. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. One, one of the lawyers that used to do my arson cases had become a trademark lawyer, a guy named Marty Feinberg, who's an excellent Brooklyn DA. He's an excellent attorney. And uh, although he doesn't give me work in a while, so Marty, pick up the phone. Uh, and he, he came in and I remember uh, he was talking to us about working for Louis Vuitton. And I mean, I'm I'm such a non-stylish guy. I don't even know what Louis Vuitton was or mm-hmm. what it cost. And, uh, you know, it, it became a thing where we, we became very dominant in it for a while. And, um, you know, we didn't advertise. All the other brands came to us. And it was a good thing for a while. but. Um, the, money the, reason why is- I bring, the reason why I bring that up is because now I would imagine that you don't even have to. That's a nobody's. But there's no reason to get counterfeit stuff when they're going just going in there and doing these smash and grab robberies. And when you can get the real stuff right online, I, mean, I don't know even where they do it. I'm sure there's exclusive sites where you can get this uh, stolen goods, and uh, they probably pop. They're probably pop ups too on the internet. Um, and if you're in that loop, you can get it. But I mean, why would anybody buy anything counterfeit anymore when you can get the real deal online every day? Because they just walk into the stores and freaking steal it and leave. Think about this now. You go to all the headaches of stealing real stuff. And now you try to sell it online and everyone thinks it's fake. They want to check the authenticity of it. Uh, can you send me the serial numbers? No, it's freaking stolen, no. you idiot. <laughs> But you know, the pop-up stores work a lot. You know, the, that that's that's a big way to go. You know what it is? I mean, I, I think most people that they buy that kind of stuff when it's stolen, they, they know where to go and where to get it. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, it's to funny. Too. It. All, all fakes aren't equal. Like, there's what they call the, the, the super fakes. And, uh, you know, that's not the nickel and dime bag you're buying for, you know, 30 bucks maybe on Canal Street. These are really excellent quality merchandise. And, uh, you know, you're paying, you know, several hundred dollars for a bag that would be, you know, a couple of thousand dollars. And you know how we used to find them? We would sit in Chinatown and watch the Mercedes and all the high-end cars and see the, the women going into the building saying, all right, they're coming out with it. It's um, it's an incredible business. I mean, I, I knew nothing about it when I was a cop. And it just, the money, it is phenomenal. Because here's the thing, you know, nobody goes to jail. I mean, it was like. I was locking up the same 50 guys in Chinatown, you know, for like seven years. Nobody mm. goes to jail. Nobody gets fined. The property, yeah. At least back then it was a property crime, but nobody goes to jail for anything right now. Speaking of that, let me just dip into the chat for one more second, and then we're going to jump into the stories because I've got a lot of stories for you guys tonight. That's what I got today with me. Natasha Clayton. Hey, Mark and Bill. I'm watching you. Jenny Lynn. Mark, um, Mark is like my husband. Gives me anxiety about being late. I was late. An hour for our first date. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? Some stuff is worth waiting for, okay? <laughs> rather, yeah, you know, you're going to meet your future wife. I'll get there early, too. Uh, have a drink, Billy. Hold up some aluminum foil. 
What does that mean? Peter Pranzo wrote no, that. I have no idea who said it. Uh, uh, Peter Pranzo. He's a, have a drink, Billy. Hold up some aluminum foil. <laughs> hey, Pete. Hello, Rochella. Here's my drink. Uh, I've got my my official uh, police off the cuff, the original oh, yeah, mug. Yeah. yeah, I got. Yeah. I have. I still. Yeah, I still use those every day. Mine's really? kind of scr scratching off a bit. Uh, my black one doesn't mark. My white one still works. Raquela Pranzo, uh, yeah, my my black one too. They're both kind of sc scuffed up. I think I might have some extras in the garage there that I kept for me. Uh, if not, I have to. I'm gonna have to buy merch from me. <laughs> um, wait, hold on. Raquela Pranzo, I only buy at authentic stores. Don't tell Pete. <laughs> I think he just did. You know, all those book royalties, they'll, they'll do okay. <laughs> Get her a bag. Let me see. I, I don't know what this guy's name is. War like war wrath. No, no of mods exceeds the no of viewers. Yeah. See, sometimes we get like people in the chat here that are, uh, you know, they're they're on another planet. This guy's. Uh, hopefully, we have a monitor around tonight that can escort that guy out the door. All right. So here we go. We're gonna start with the stories. Okay. You ready? I'm for ready. This? I'm ready. All right. They start off really, really sad. Before we start off sad, look at this picture that I took. I found of us. Oh my god! That's, that's me and Bill after uh, one of my comedy shows. That's the uh, night you recorded your record. Yeah, you got a great, you got a great smile there, Bill. Oh. Here we go. Uh, they failed us. Mom of slain New York City subway victim Charles Moore slams City Hall. This is her son. His name is Charles Moore. He worked at City Field as a maintenance man. He was coming home at approximately 10.35, heading home, um, when he was stabbed by this man uh, in an unprovoked incident. These two did not know each other, as far as I know. Saquon Lemus, an ex-convict, was busted on the scene of the stabbing. This mom uh, of the victim, she ripped, she ripped into uh, Mayor Adams. Her name is Frances Vanderpool Moore. She's 73 years old. She said... Uh, the city should be sued and that the mayor, Eric Adams, needs to uh, get his ass whooped. <laughs> you know, this is going to happen more often than not. Um, mayor Adams is getting blamed right now because of, uh, you know, the crime, the crime that he was supposed to know how to get under control since he was a retired uh, police officer, captain. And nothing seems to have changed. This violence on the subway. This is one of three stories I'm going to show you, by the way, of violence on the subway in New York City. And uh, what do you think about this, Bill? You know, I, I didn't think very much of Adams when he was, you know, when he was on the job. I don't know how well you knew him. I knew him a little bit. But, um, you know, I and believe me, I'm not a fan of his. Uh, but. You know, here's the thing. I mean, the American like control so much. You know, one of the things that you, you got to do to bring crime under control is you've got to give a look at the DAs on the board. You know, you, you you can't fix one part of the problem. You know, and I mean, the American put more cops out there. You know, and you double the police force and lock up a hundred guys and take a million guns off the street. But if they're not getting prosecuted, and when they're prosecuted, if they're not being kept in the system, you know, and, and punished for what they do. You know, it's like, why not commit a crime? You know, and I, I'm i not sticking up for Adams, but I mean, you know, he, there's, there's plenty of blame to go around in that pie, you know, and, and he'll get a big slice of it, but he's not going to get the only slice. But, you yeah, know, well, 
he did come out. I, I wasn't able to capture a screenshot that uh, the particular statement that I, I saw originally. I thought I saved it, but uh, he did come out and and kind of sort of say it's out of his hands. You know, you got to it's this is, a, you know, this is up to the DA's in, in these well, you see, violent the, the, attacks. Oh, Bill, by the way, the way you're sitting right now, you're lighting. I don't know what happened. Can you go back a little bit? Go back a little bit. Physically. No. OK, come forward. Come forward, come forward, 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 forward. Bring that big head in. Bring it in. Okay, somewhere around there is better. Yeah, right there. Okay. <laughs> the light is right up. Can't you see yourself? Don't you see the halo on top of your head? Yes. That's why I was trying to fix it before, and you were like, don't touch, don't touch. There we go. Yeah, because your sound was going out. Oh, all right, hang on. All right. That better or worse, better or worse. <laughs> That's oh, yeah, it's okay. Leave just all right. Let's go. <laughs> so um uh next story, we'll move on. Um uh, two uh like I said, we got three back to back subway stories. New York City subway attack, gang of women in neon green bodysuits attack and rob two women. Did you see this? I did, and I my my first thought was Comic Com's in town. I wonder if it's had to do anything with that. I don't Comic Com yeah, it still hasn't been explained why these we these women were wearing this. I have a video here I want to sh share with the audience. Okay, so uh, let's go to the videotape. Um, Green Goblins. Check this out. Look at these. This is crazy. This is on the subway. Dressed in neon green bodysuits, attacking and robbing two teenage girls on the subway. All right, it happened at the Times Square subway stop over the weekend, and the suspects are still on the loose. Fox 5's Ashley Rodriguez joins us live from Times Square with more on this now viral incident. Ashley. Yeah, I spoke to people today on the subway who believe violence is definitely getting worse on the subways. They say they're not just hearing about it or watching it on the news. They're actually experiencing it for themselves. And early Sunday morning at the station behind me, what they thought was a fun group of cosplaying aliens ended up being an angry mob. En masse, this group of neon green spandex wearing women just like... Like, flooded the car. I spoke to the woman behind this cell phone video shot around 2 a.m. Sunday morning inside the in train at 42nd in Times Square. These two poor girls were like having to take on like 10 women and it bled into the car and no one really knew what was going on. This incident, the latest in a rash of violent attacks inside trains and around stations caught on camera. A week ago, the NYPD arrested 41-year-old Waheed Foster for brutally beating a woman inside the Howard Beach jail. All right, so that's that story. Um, now, the good news is, where are we? The good news is the, some of those girls got caught. Uh, here they go. Four out of the six girls got caught. Dariana Paguero, Siante Alston, Miriam Cease Isoff, and Emily Soto. And the funny thing about it is that these girls are perps, man. I mean, one of them has like 10 collars already. This is a gang. This is a gang. Uh, this is a gang thing. They, 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 they got on the train with the purpose of uh, hurting somebody and robbing somebody. What do you what do you think the costumes? I mean, it's almost like like an old Batman Adam West thing, you know, the all the bad guys in one group wearing the same outfit. But um, 
you know, is it a thing where they want to blend in so they can't be recognized? I mean, you know, what, what was the purpose of the green outfit they had on? Did we ever find well, that out? Say, well, you say that, and the the reason why I would imagine they were even able to catch these girls is if you really slow down and watch the tape, there's uh, at least two of them that don't have their, their head stuff on. So their hair and their face is completely exposed. So what you bring up is interesting. I, I just think it was a goof for them to wear all the same thing. I think they planned a night of uh, gangster shit, and uh, and that's what they came across as soon as they got on that train. Just Wild. picked out two girls. Yeah, they just picked out two girls and started pummeling them for no reason. And um, so the good news is four of them got caught. The other two will be caught shortly. But um, – this the the subway is a scary place to be right now, and like I said, I got three of the stories top front are about subway stuff. Uh, six attacked uh, attackers in hoodies and mask beat stab uh, on Midtown Manhattan subway platform. Now, the, the interesting thing about this is that um, you can see from the picture that I've posted, all all of them have uh, black hoodies on, and they're all the same exact hoodies, and they're all they all have. Um, Obviously, yeah. they have the, uh, the the face mask because they're worried about getting COVID, um, and they all wore the same thing. Yeah, you don't so want to get this is another this is another gang thing. This is another gang thing. So we have um, two gang related incidents on the subway, and then we have um, just a random stabbing. But they're all taking place on the subway, which. Uh, you know, my daughter takes the subway to get to work every day, so. You know, this is what you're going through as a New Yorker right now. You know, I mean, you know, it, it's all these people now that are going back to work and back on the subways now that the kind of the COVID thing is over. And I got to tell you, you know, I mean, every day I see these stories and uh, I, I occasionally take the train. But even then, you know, I'm, I'm a fairly big guy. I'm armed, you know, uh, a little, little bit different. But uh and, you know, the trains are the great equalizer. You know, whoever you are, you know, on the train, you're just another guy in that, that tin can. And, and, you know, if the trains go down um, or if the trains are not safe, people won't come in. You know, how are you going to get people to go back to work? And you're talking about all these employers that are trying to get people off of the Zoom meetings and then come back to work. And, you know, I don't know how, how, uh, how happy I'd be trying to get on the trains when I watch this. I mean, think about it, every morning you're, getting up having your cornflakes and you're watching about another horrible crime on the subways, you know, and we got to get the subways under control. I, I don't know if it's just a matter of putting a ton of police on it. Maybe you make crime in the subway, a special condition, you know, kind of like what you used to do with pressure point with drugs. If you, you commit a crime and it's in the subway, uh, special people prosecute it, special penalties go with it, but they've got to do something. You know, and the, and the MTA is complaining they're losing revenue because no one's taking the train. Meanwhile, these are the same guys that uh, a year ago didn't want the police enforcing fair, fair beaters and fair jumpers. And I think we've kind of learned that, you know, if we if we stop doing any kind of enforcement, you know, kind of a broken windows thing, you know, the subways got bad again on us. And, and I hate to say it, but, you know, I, I don't see it getting better anytime soon, especially when no one's going to jail, you know. But we're still looking for that Brian Watkins moment in the city, Mark. And we, we, we've talked about it several times over the years, you know. And um, I, I, I don't know what it's going to take to be that one big crime that everyone's going to be outraged with. I kind of thought it was going to be the subway shooter in uh, Sunset Park, you know, uh, when the guy came out with the gun and the, the gas cans and shot the place up. 
I figured that was going to be it. And we saw the uh, cameras in the train stations weren't working. I mean, it really had a moment for the transit system to see that. And of course, the NYPD being the great police force, they did caught the guy. But, you know, it's uh, it, it tells you a lot about, you know, how, how the system it's is like, not um, working for people. You know what? It's like we're living in Gotham because if you think about Batman, there was all these gangs. That's what we have right now. Gangs that are, uh, as Emery said, the city's out of control. These gangs that are out there in the street, they're going to need somebody like the Joker to pop up and organize them. So then this way, they can do something really big. Not all this small time. Oh, we're looking for a Batman right now. Where's Peter Pranzo? That's what I want to know. Peter, can you come out of retirement for us? Well, that would be a great <laughs> Little Mermaid. Uh, See, but you, know, you should take guys like Pete. Guys like Pete should be running things. You know, he knows what to do to handle this. He's a scholarly guy. He's written books on the subject. He's actually done the work. But, you know, the, the, the current system doesn't want guys like Pete. They don't want guys like me and you, you know. Uh, you know, we're the dinosaurs that, uh, you know, I can't well, even listen, believe it. I remember the copies uh, with a listen, little dinosaur pin. I'm obviously joking, but I'm not joking about the fact that all this stuff is, uh, this, this stuff is uh, gang related. All these gangs are all trying to approve each other. Kids are getting shot every day because, um, you know, the gang violence is out of control. And there's all these little cliques all over the city. And they're doing robberies on a daily basis. And, um, you know, they're, they're not they're not getting uh, going through the system. And they're just out the next day. Anyway, listen, boxing MMA. The judge needs to lock them up uh, an extra six months before for those stupid costumes. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a that's true, man. I mean, listen, it, it definitely made them get caught easy. It's, it's kind of like know? a comic book. Tony D, arm yourself. Like I said, it's like the old Batman show where all the bad guys. Are the well, you, you sound like you're underwater. I, I, I got to tell you, I, I, your voice. I don't know, man. The whole thing. Better, is worse. <laughs> uh, we're gonna make it through it, man. Um, but uh, anyway, so. I wanted to go back to this guy's comment. Yeah, you got to kind of sort of stay in the same spot because when you move, the half the words are like submerged and the other half comes out. Um, wait a minute. I wanted to get back to this guy's comment. Where is he? Uh, now I lost him. But, um, oh, Tony D, arm yourself, get trained, and watch your six. You know, that's funny, Tony D, that you mentioned that because... Um, the city just lost the battle with that stupid fucking uh, no go like no gun zones that they try to push. So they lost another battle. Basically, you're going to be able to get your firearms license here in New York City. And um, you should get in line right now to do it if you live here. And just put in your application now, whether you want one or not. You could, It's going to take you a while because the backlog is going to be insane. And you can figure it out by the time they call your name. Uh, Mary Goldstein, I live in Long Island and I actively avoid the city because of crazy stuff that happens daily on the train and subway alone. That used to be the sentiment in 1991 when I first got on a job in 92. Um, and it's going back to that. You know, we call them Long Island cupcakes for a reason, because uh, they came in to the city to become cops and they knew nothing about the city. So. Let's switch barrels for a second, huh? What do you think? It's too crazy here in New York. It's getting me depressed. It's a crazy story. A man felt so humiliated 
that a 21-year-old woman beat him in a pickup basketball game that he shot and killed her, according to family. Did you hear about this? Ouch. I did not. Yeah. Where was that? Yeah. This is the guy right here. Uh, this was supposed to be a friend of... Uh, the, he, they, they, were, they were friends with each other. And... Um, he lost his basketball. <laughs> he lost a, like a, a street game on a court somewhere. And this woman right here, uh, she was fairly shot. She's 21 years old because she beat him in basketball. Now, first of all, you never, if you're a guy, you never, ever, ever play a woman in basketball. Not one-on-one. You play horse. You can play horse all day. She beats you in horse. God bless her. That's good. But you don't play her in a game. That's stupid. Horse, horse is horse, but you don't play her in a game. Yeah, God forbid you lose, and it's going to go through the whole neighborhood forever. <laughs> think, think about this guy in prison now. If if such thing happens that he goes to prison, what are you in for? You know, I, you know, because you know the guys in prison, they all learn uh, what got you there. And you know, you, you lost bad enough. You got caught, but you lost to a girl. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, you're not even talking about a WNBA star. It's gonna be tough for him. Uh, Mary Gerson, you call. Well, good. She yeah. says, "Are you calling me a, a cupcake, Marky Mark?" I sure am. Damn it. <laughs> He's cupcake. Right, let's, <laughs> let's see. I got um. You know what's? Uh, let me see. We'll, we'll, I'll go to this next story and then I'll, I'll switch gears a little bit. This one's interesting. No arrest of Park Slope dog killer despite multiple sightings of suspect. Now, this is a story that goes back a couple of episodes that I covered. There was a situation in Park Slope, Brooklyn, where a homeless man who lives in the park came out with a stick one day and for no reason attacked a woman and her dog, killing the dog. And the people that live in the neighborhood, um, these are the woke of the woke folks. They awoke, they awoke before everybody woke. We're talking about Park Slope, Brooklyn here. But they didn't know what to Absolutely. do with these people that live in the park. Okay? And, uh, and some of them are, have mental problems. And the one guy with yep. the, the severest mental problem on this day attacked a woman with a big stick, hit her, and then killed her dog. So they wanted to form this group. The park is called the Panthers. Uh, so they wanted to call it the Panthers or something. And in the middle of their first meeting... um. People who were even more woke than the awoke woke showed up with a huge speaker outside this apartment, blasting it. So these people couldn't conduct their meeting. So at some point they had a talk, the woke woke against the woke woke woke, and um, they came up to this agreement. And the, the idea was that even though this situation happened, we can't have the cops involved because. You know, then they're going to get the people out of the park and we're white and we're privileged and this, that and the other. And these people don't have any place to go. So even though this guy's roaming around the neighborhood there and they still see him, um, nobody's called the cops because I guess they don't want him arrested. And he, he's a guy who's freaking crazy and they're just waiting on the next time he's going to attack somebody else. And, and you know, it's going to happen. You know, it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when. And, uh, you know, they, they say they don't want the police involved, but I promise you when he when he commits his next crime, it's going to be where were the police? You know, so, uh, 
it's inevitable. I, that that was one of my original commands, the seven eight. Uh, so I, I'm I'm very well aware of uh, how the culture is there, and it, it's you know, it's a great neighborhood. Uh, it's a beautiful place to live. But like you said, you know, it's you know, it's 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 uber woke, and and you know, think about this. They 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 don't want to go. They, they're forming groups. And they don't want to go to the police. You know, we it's you wonder watching- what's that going to turn into some kind of half-ass vigilantism. I don't even want to say it's funny, but it's sad trying to watch these people try to circumvent the reality of we just want to live in peace. You know what I'm saying? And we don't want to be harmed. And if people need mental help, they should be in a certain area getting their mental help. And it shouldn't be in the park that's directly across the street from me. And they don't have the courage to say that uh, and ask for ask wonder where the freaking taxpayer dollars are going. That why are these people having to live in the park when I, I'm getting taxed so much? Why can't we have a facility? Why can't we have Governor's Island for crying out loud? We have the, all these stupid art shows and raves every single day this weekend. Build freaking buildings, 30-story buildings with single-room occupancies and a bathroom, too, on every floor. Treat these people like humans. Put a, a medical facility down there. Put a, a rehab center. And then put a place where you give them the freaking drugs so they don't have to leave the island. Fuck them, man. Well, I would give them cable TV, man. Whatever they wanted, man. Just stay here. You stay here. <laughs> I'm yeah. telling you, I want to run for. I got it all figured out, folks. Uh, Peter Francis is fundamental words in jails. What happened? <laughs> that, that's that's true. And, and you know, Mark, you, you've touched on this on other shows where you know when these guys used to get arrested. Part of the process was they would go in, they'd see a mental health doctor, they get back on their meds and they cool out for a while. You know, now nobody goes in, so they skip seeing the doctors, they skip getting the medicine, and you know, uh, now you got these people yeah, that nobody, have mental health problems, and you know, they're a lot out of there. these people wanted to go to jail, they were burnt out, and now they don't get a chance to go to freaking jail, so they got to do something that's going to get them in jail. All right, let's move on with the stories here. Um, the very bad you know, reason bad why you Demo- to get a jail, man. What'd you say? Go ahead, say So think how bad it is. You can't even get yourself in jail anymore. That guy can't get himself arrested. (laughs) There you go. That's the saying right there. I don't even know. I'm going to skip this story. I want to do this one. That's stupid. Um, Florida high school student body slams police officer during fight. Uh, They call it despicable. A 15-year-old student at St. Cloud High School, which sounds pretty Catholic to me, was charged with battery of a law enforcement officer. And we see that going around. You know, we used to hear stories about that when we were kids. Remember that? There was always that one kid in the school that just got there, and it was because he punched the teacher or something. Yeah, that was me. And then I had to get to know everybody all over again. It's the old movie, 3 O'Clock High. I don't know if you saw it with, uh, you know, the old buddy, Ray Daly. You know, he killed somebody in school. Oh, he did, you know, all the big reputation coming in. But, you know, you look at some of these 15-year-olds, you know, some of these guys are giants, you know, you know, I mean, I look at my, my 15 year olds and, uh, and the little guys, but I mean, I've, I've gone to their high schools. I've seen other 15 year olds by them and they're, they're pretty big guys. And, this you know, you don't know how big the cop uh, was. The cop was a school resource officer and he was trying to break up a fight in between two kids. And this 15 year old just came behind him and kind of sort of uh, maybe he was on the wrestling team. I don't know, but he suplexed him. And uh, it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy that um, this kind of stuff could happen. But 
Uh, while we're in, while we're talking about Florida, there was a ho uh, horrible incident. Um, this is the police officer right here. His name is Blaine Lane. He was a deputy sheriff. He got killed um, executing a warrant. And in the uh, executing the warrant, they were going after like a, a meth head, a female meth head. And uh, she failed to go back to court. And she came out armed. And in between uh, shooting her, uh, there was uh, there was shots that were fired. I guess they were probably standing. It, he, he, it was friendly fire that killed him, this poor kid. But the result of the incident is because of uh, going after this warrant. Now, this is what happens. This happened in the um, the area with the uh, the Polk County Sheriff. And this guy is not a guy to be played with. Okay, this guy knows his stuff. And he'll let you have it, man. Uh, and here he goes. Watch this. Lady asked him a stupid question about the uh, why they're executing a warrant at 3 o'clock in the morning. I love like this an idiot. Guy. I love it. Uh, he's always entertaining. And provide equipment and training, but sometimes despite all of everything that we teach and coach and do, and he was doing exactly like he was trained. Bad things happen. Horrible things happen. Certainly, the people who ask why an arrest warrant has to be served at that hour are morons. Okay? That warrant's valid <laughs> 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We received a call for service that that person was at that residence at that time. What do we do? She's running from us. She's always been running from us. She failed to appear. What do we do? Say, hey. It's three o'clock in the morning. We don't serve warrants at three o'clock in the morning. Know this. If you got a warrant outstanding, we're going to arrest you at two, three, four, five. Anytime we can find you. We found this person and we were going to arrest her. So tell those Monday morning quarterbacks to come down to HR and sign up. See if you can pass the background. See if you can pass the police academy. Let's see if you've got any intestinal fortitude to get out here and do what young men and women like Deputy Lane does. Yeah, you can sit at home and run your mouth on your social media. You don't know what you're talking about. And you certainly don't have the. That is Gary Judd, folks. He is. Uh, I love this. Guy. He is the sheriff. I love Gary Judd. Oh, my God. He tells it like it is, man. The best. The best. He really does. You know, I. I he he was the guy I, I think there was a, there was a big shooting in his and like why did you shoot the guy a hundred times like it's all the bullets we had you know <laughs> he's uh, a <laughs> he's a character but he, he's strictly law oriented you know he's uh, he doesn't take it you know and he gives a lot of press conferences you know sometimes when guys have that kind of an attitude they don't talk to the press I, I salute this guy because he comes right in and gets right in their face and they they try to embarrass him. All the time, and uh, he stands up, you know, for his men. He stands up for the law. He stands up for the police. You know, he stands up for his community. And you know, I, I, I'd love to see a hundred more like him. You know, and a couple in this city of ours. But you know, it's a different yeah. attitude down in the south. You know, he he brought up a good point. Why would you execute uh, 
the, the report is asking, why would you execute a warrant at three o'clock in the morning? And that's, that's because that's an obvious question for people who don't understand police work. It's like you're going to strike when you can. You, that's your job is to, to apprehend this person. We don't do it at your convenience. You had the opportunity of going to back to court at your convenience and you failed not to do so. So obviously you don't have an intent to go back to court and face up for the fuckery that you did. And that's why the Warren squad has to come and get you. So to ask a question like that, I agree with him 100%. It's fucking stupid. It's stupid. You're looking for a way to catch him up in some stupid nonsense. But the truth is, um, you know, you don't understand police work. And that's it. We're trying to catch people. We're trying to catch bad guys. Trying to put bad guys behind bars so they don't kill your family members. And... um, yeah, and he didn't lock him up if something happened. You know, they'd be screaming, you know, how come he didn't have this guy on the street? You know, it's uh, you're kind of damned if you do and damned if you don't, so you're better off just doing it. You know, uh, I mean, I, I you know, I, I, I've done it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm terrible, man. I've locked up guys on Christmas Eve on warrants. I've locked up guys. I, I've done search warrants on Thanksgiving morning. Um, you know, if that's what the case required, that's what the case required. And, uh, you know, Oh, you had to do this on a holiday, or you had to do it at the crack of dawn. Yeah, because that's when we knew they were going to be there. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah. bring up I, a good point. I that's can't when pick we the time. Gonna be there. Yeah, it's not like it's the FBI hitting uh, Roger Stone at three, four o'clock in the morning when you know the guy's eighty years old. <laughs> he's not going anywhere, <laughs> and you could probably call him back to the court because he's got a thousand lawyers. No, we're not talking about that. We're talking about a forget it. Anyway, let's move on. Um, <laughs> Do you know that um, <laughs> Lee Lee Zeldin he's running for governor and um, he's a politician in Long Island. Uh, there was a shooting outside his house. Yes, outside his house. The guy who's running for mm-hmm. governor of New York City. And um, here's another situation where a reporter asks a stupid question, and they're going to pay the price for it. They're asking him why he's like holding a press conference. Is it a political thing? He's trying to explain to them, somebody got shot in front of my freaking house. And I live in Long Island in a nice neighborhood. So here we go. Tonight, I'm Jessica Moore. Police say two teens were shot outside Zeldin's Shirley home this afternoon. At one point, he says they were so close, they were right underneath his porch. This is now the second scare Zeldin has had to face in almost three months. And as CBS 2's Jenna DeAngelis reports, his family is shaken. I'm standing in front of crime scene tape in front of my own house. You can't get me more outraged than right now. Hours after police responded to a shooting outside his home, Congressman Lee Zeldin, standing alongside his family, walked us through what happened. The two of them were at the kitchen table doing homework, and they hear gunshots. One of the bullets was actually found about 30 feet from where they were sitting. It was around 2.20 in the afternoon. Zeldin and his wife were in the car coming home from the Bronx Columbus Day Parade when they received a frantic phone call from their 16-year-olds, Michaela and Ariana, who were home alone. Right after they heard the gunfire, they heard people screaming. So the girls immediately ran upstairs, locked themselves into the bathroom, and called 911. Suffolk County police quickly responded to the home on St. George Drive. Once there, Zeldin checked his security cameras. He says he saw three people on his property who he believes were together. 
one walking around, two who were shot and lying near his porch. I heard. Anyway, so that's the deal right there. This is a guy who's running for mayor. I mean, not my mayor. He's running for governor. He's running for governor of New York State. And where he lives in Long Island, there's a shooting, a gang-related shooting. These are kids driving by that are probably gang members that either mistook these kids or um, whatever. But this is what we're living in. There's nobody safe. I don't understand what the plan is. You know, I don't understand what the plan is. Um, I just read that the the woman from um, Georgia who who lost the the governorship last time, Stacey Adams, she spends a hundred uh, a, a mil- yeah, yeah Stacey Abrams. She 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 spends a, a million uh, something like it's an extraordinary amount of money for security. So unless you can afford a security like this, well, I'm sure they the do. Elite. It's just that we're talking about an elite class of people that are going to be able to afford yep. the security with the way the crime is happening right now. Crazy. Well, I know you brought up an excellent point in the past where you talked about, you know, how there's going to be, you know, the private police in areas and this, and it's going to be the affluent areas that have, you know, the uh, their own private police departments, and then you're going to have the rest of the society is going to be living uh, with whatever they can get from the, the city cops, and I mean, it's you know. It's 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 just the way it is now, you know. I mean, look at the growth industries in the city. Uh, between moving vans and, and and security fences and cameras, gun sales are up. I mean, you know, people are afraid, and you know, at the same time, there's a whole thing about you know, let's take guns away from people, or all right, we'll give you guns, but we just won't let you. We'll create zones where you can't carry them. I mean, it's it's crazy. And uh, you bring up a good point. I, I just think this, you know. Uh... I said it like two years ago. I said uh, on, on the podcast, it was like invest. If you're going to invest a dollar, invest it in the security companies. Peter Pranzo says vote Lee Zeldin. And that's what I say too. vote Lee Zeldin. This is a man right Absolutely. now who's living, living in it. You know what I'm saying? He is the, be- the best guy, the best candidate. This Holcomb lady, um, she has no clue what's Kathy going Oakle. on. Okay? She has no clue what's well, going you know on. What, though, she, she, she... You know, she was no one was more surprised that she's the governor than she is. You know, I mean, I know. she, she Who had, you know, Cuomo put her on. To, yeah, well, you know, Cuomo put her on a balance out a ticket, you know, to, you know, deal with some of his constituency. And, you know, all of a sudden, boom, you know, she's she's the governor. I mean, I, you know, uh, you know, elections have consequences. You know, who you pick as a running mate has consequences. I mean, could you imagine, you know, for as bad as Joe Biden is, could you imagine tomorrow? We woke up and Kamala Harris was vice pre- was president. I mean, you know, it's uh, don't, don't say that, man. Don't ever say that again. Boxing no, 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 no. MMA. He says, yeah, Mark. AOC has private security too, but wants to defund the police. That's the yeah. That's the funny thing. It's like and and AOC's private security is funded by us. We're paying for that crap. All right, let me go. Yeah. We got uh, we got a couple more. You know, stories funny to get man. Through. I gotta tell you. Go ahead. No go. And say, you know, how, how many of these, and I'm sure you've done it too, because we've all, you know, done security for, for rich people and famous people, and they're all anti-gun. I'm like, yeah, it's easy for you to be anti-gun because you got four of us here with guns. You know what I mean? It doesn't uh, show me anything, yeah. you know? Go go, 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 go ride with all your jewelry and your furs and get on the R train and, you know, tr- drive around with that by yourself and see, how, you know, if you, you don't want to have armed security with it. It's, uh, it's a 
just a you know limousine liberals and their their elitist attitude about these things. You know, it's uh anyway, I'll get off my soapbox. Well, I, I'm at, I'm in a in a situation right now. I have a couple of stories to get to, but I want to because we only got uh, eight minutes left. So let's just run through this. This this happened today, uh, really quick. Um, wait a minute. I don't want to do this. Hold up. Let's go. I messed that up. Let's go back to this. This happened in the Bronx today, man. And this is cops trying to do their job. And then because they're trying to do their job and stuff is so crazy, people get people get hurt. This happened. What? Uh, I had this, so we'll go through it. More of those stories in just a moment, but we begin with breaking news in the Bronx. A New York cop car losing control and slamming into pedestrians and then slamming into a pole. A total of 10 people have been injured, eight civilians, two police officers. I would use reporter Sonia Rincon is live at the scene in the Longwood section with the very latest on the investigation. Sonia. Liz, we've just gotten a little clarity as to what happened here this afternoon. The gray Acura right behind me, it was coming up Westchester Avenue. It was making a left turn in this intersection onto Ho Avenue. Now, the police cruiser was right behind it with lights and sirens on, and it was trying to pass that vehicle on the left. It was going very quickly, responding to a report of a car being stolen, and it tried to pass that Acura on the left. Now, because it tried to pass it on the left, the Acura was trying to turn left. There was a collision and it sent the police cruiser out of control onto that corner. The corner there, you can see the police cruiser where it struck a pole and it also struck people after the driver of that police cruiser lost control. Now we want to show you some video, a witness shot right after this happened. Six people were struck. My question to you, where are we? Oh shit, I gotta get rid of this. Here we go. My question to you, is that somebody that got their um, driver's license two weeks before they went to the academy? <laughs> Phil, are you there? Probably. <laughs> Listen, I can't I can't throw a rock at anybody, man. I, I, I'm a terrible driver. Uh, I wrecked two are cars you? in MSU. Uh, I should have been a transit cop because I, <laughs> I I should have been, but I'm, I'm a, bro, I'm a horrible driver. I, I, I didn't get my license to become a cop. But I mean, I had a license and I never drove. You know, I I, I didn't have a car till I was on the job two years because I took trains everywhere. I'm, I'm a you know I'm a big train guy. Um, I was a city guy. I always had my trains, and there was no place to park anyway. So, uh, ironically, you know, I, I, I've gone, I've redone driver training. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that. <laughs> I've done driver training. Need... Listen, if you if you're out there and you need a getaway driver, call me. Cause I'm freaking best. <laughs> I freaking I could navigate a vehicle, man. I went through that academy like they were trying to scare us with this thing. I was like, "Are you kidding me right now?" I've got to wait. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I could drive, man. That's uh, not I don't I can't do many things, but one of the things I could be your, your wheel man if you need one. Um, Scott Wagner, the Acura was making a left from the right lane. Hey, listen, it's an accident that happens, but the problem is, is that there's so much crime going on, and the cops are trying to get to these places and help people, and um, people don't even know how to react to police anymore. It's like we lost our minds. It's like when you hear the sirens, just stop driving, just stop. Don't continue making your left, because they don't have any respect for the police vehicles anymore. The only reason why this happened is because nobody. They don't respect the lights. They don't respect the sirens. They don't. They don't respect anything. It's just, ah, uh, fuck him, fuck him. I'm still going. 
When you heard the uh, police sirens yeah. in the past, when I grew up, and even not even when I grew up, just throughout my whole freaking adult life, you heard the police sirens, you stopped driving, and you let them get by. And that's not what happened here. What happened here is somebody kept going about their business, and uh, and this is what happens. People get hurt. Anyway, do you remember this uh, picture right here? Oh, you know what, man? It, 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 it... Bill, do you remember this picture right here? If you've ever... Oh my God! Showered in oh the my police God. academy in the seventies, eighties, and nineties. You may be eligible for compensation. This is the shower room. If you went through the police academy during the seventies, eighties, and nineties, this was the shower room that you had a shower room. If you were a male officer, I don't know how what the female office uh, shower room looked like, but there was obviously no shower curtains, um, and uh, it was every man for himself. And let me tell you something, okay? I showered in those rooms in 1982 for six months. And, man, do I miss those days. You're talking about the hottest guys that New York City <laughs> has to offer, folks. <laughs> and I was the first one in there and the last one out well, every single day, damn it. <laughs> I was scrubbing my shoulder. Well, you know, it's not the best man in this place, right? <laughs> One more time. Just take a look at it. That's the shower room. And you know what's funny is that when you went into the shower room, right? What you do is uh, let's go back to the shower room for a second. You would throw right there on that little slab back here. That's where you throw your towel. And if you everybody had to have a significant towel, otherwise your towel wasn't going to be there. And uh, I had lost a few towels, so at some point. I'm just standing in line behind 300 other guys waiting to get a shower and just standing there naked. And then you just keep moving up until it's your turn to go in there and scrub up and dub. And, um, yeah, I, I used to leave my towel in the locker. Why would I bring it there and not have it afterwards when I need to dry off? Doing, so I just, just stand there naked. Huh. <laughs> I stood there naked on the line <laughs> waiting to get into the shower. And then I took my... 40 minute shower. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the good old days. Uh, let's go to the comments. We're going to go to the comments one more time before we leave this. And I got to say goodbye to everybody and give my announcements. But, um, the Pranzo, 60s, no shower, no water, no soap. Oh, that's funny. Did you not have a shower? Yes, Mark. You are definitely one of the hottest guys in New York. Thank you so much uh, for saying that. Louisa, that's very nice of you. Amber what am I, chop liver? <laughs> oh, the visual. Uh, did you keep your shoes on, Mark? No, man. You did wear, I think I had flip-flops because you didn't want, if you look at that floor, just forget about the floor. You could forget about the yeah. wall. Just look at the floor for a second. We had these like flip-flops that you wear in there uh, into the shower. And that's what I wore. So, yeah. So, I definitely. Um, I'm ill just I looking at that picture. Yeah, man. <laughs> the, the good old days, man. The Skippy that. That Memorial Shower. <laughs> if we could only go back to those days, huh? All right, folks, here we go with the announcements. <laughs> um, I am going to be at the City Steam Brewery performing on October 28th and uh, 29th, headlining those shows. Um, that The City Steam is a comedy club out there in Hartford, Connecticut in Hartford, Connecticut. So please, if you're in the area, 
Can you go and, and get some tickets and uh, come and check me out? I guarantee it. I, I'll, I'll make it worth your while. Comedycraftbeer.com. That's where you go to get your tickets. Comedycraftbeer.com. And I'm also doing a show on October 20th, which is a Thursday night at 7.30 p.m. at the Broadway Comedy Club located in New York City, 13 East, uh, 13 West 53rd Street in New York City, the Broadway Comedy Club. I'll be performing with last week's guest, Billy Bingo, retired FDNY firefighter who uh, was retired for five days and still went to ground zero. And uh, I felt a compulsion to do that. Uh, NYPD's uh, mm -hmm. Frankie Falia. He is uh, a former guest on the show. And FDNY, Steve Oliva. And we'll be raising money for, uh, it's called Guns and Hoses Comedy Benefit. And uh, it goes to the first responders. All the money, all the proceeds uh, go to the people affected by Hurricane Ian. All the proceeds except for the money that I will be getting paid that night and my bar bill. Um, all other money will be going towards. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, folks. I'm donating. I'm donating. <laughs> um, Patty L, come to California, yeah, Mark and Marie. <laughs> if anyone gets a chance to go see Mark, she says hilarious. She witnessed me in the flesh on a number of occasions. Thank you so much. Um, and finally, last but not least, thanks. Uh, happy Columbus Day, folks. Today is Columbus Yay. Day, and that is Christopher Columbus educating the masses right there on some tropical island that he thought was America. But on that final note, um, Bill, thank you for stepping in. Thank you for being blurry and underwater for sorry, some of the time. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> the tech problems. <laughs> but anyway, so sorry, do you have the tech problems. You I'm looking forward to yet? seeing you one. Uh, do you have any Fox, Fox, Fox coming up? Anything on Fox? Anything to promote? You know, with Fox, they 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 end up calling you last minute. Some something will happen. It'll be you know, hey, can you go on in twenty minutes? And you know, sometimes you can, and sometimes you can't. You know, I'm driving around, following people around, or I'm you know, in the middle of court or something. You know, I've I've done it on my phone uh, in in little broom closets. To, to do it but uh you know that that's the kind of the way fox works they need you need you but that's that's kind of all media um but you know uh, i still enjoy doing it you know it's uh, it's funny you know you don't think people see on it and you go on and uh you know people in the street hey uh, you want fox yeah but you know, getting paid right there right there from <laughs> oh my uh, god 11 he was our guest yeah first grade detective yeah Retired NYPD first grade detective worked in the bomb squad. The real deal, folks. Let's give it up for Bill Ryan. Thank you so much for joining us. And to all the folks Thanks. in the chat that Thanks joined us tonight, sure. thank you so much. Good night to Patty L, to Raquel Pranzo, Gina G, Boxing, MMA, 365. Uh, Maui Swift is a Jersey girl. Anne-Marie, Gina G, Ruthann Griffin, Mary Goldstein, Scott Wagner. Peter Pranzo, Lieutenant uh, Little Mermaid, Louisa, Heather, whatever. I love that name. Heather, whatever, Patty L. Uh, I'm trying to make sure I got everybody in here. Uh, yeah, I think I got everybody. So uh, Heather, whatever, also gave a super sticker tonight, a, five, a $4.99 super chat. So thank you, Heather, whatever. 
I'm sorry I didn't get to you earlier. It's really hard to keep all these things in place. But uh, for everybody that uh, tuned into the chat tonight, thank you so much for being part of the family. I really, really appreciate it. I hope we gave you a good show. Bill, what do you got to say? I got to say thanks for having me on the show once again. Uh, sorry for the technical problems, but I always enjoy chatting with you and the, the Police Off the Cuff fans. And uh, looking forward to be back on again when I download the thing properly. <laughs> All right, folks. On behalf of um, the Week in Crime and Policing with Angel and Meso, uh, May, uh, Mayo and Meso, uh, thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you. Have a great <laughs> night. Enjoy the football tonight because the Mets are out of it. Peace. I love you. Bye. That was great, man. We 